The following is a presentation of Gallery Church Downtown, part of a family of neighborhood churches seeking to display God's greatness to the world. For more information, please visit gcbdowntown.com. All right, we're going to be reading from Psalms chapter 90 this morning. Psalms chapter 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, Return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our days may come to seventy years or eighty if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger. Your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, Lord. How long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. God bless the reading of his word. Uh, It's good to be with you again this morning. I'm Emily. This is Brandon. For those of you who don't know us, we are elders here at downtown. This is a wiggly thing. We usually have four girls in tow with us that are home this morning, sick with my mom. So thanks, mom for doing that. And we're happy to be teaching with you. We always like teaching because don't they say teaching is they, meaning like researchers say that teaching is the best way to learn something. So every time that we prepare for a teaching, Brandon and I are like, yes, this is really true. This is truth. It's very true. It's one of those things where we talk so much throughout the week and we get so blessed by it. And then here comes Sunday morning and we got to put together like what appears to be the iceberg. Uh, you don't see everything underneath, all the things that we don't say. Like there's so many wonderful ideas. Like there's even this Annie Dillard quote that says, uh, how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Well, that isn't featured in this sermon at all. <laughs> um, well, it is now. <laughs> nice to reflect on. But um, So we are in this sermon series, believe it or not, called Soil of the Soul. There's the graphic. Um, and we wanted to recap just a little bit of the last couple of weeks. I've actually been out either at home with sick girls or down uh, with the children. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, Ella spoke in Nehemiah and talked about the value of God's word. And then last week we had a guest speaker, Leon Pinkett, who um, covered Matthew 13 mm-hmm. uh, about the sower spreading the seed of God's word on different types of soil. Um, Matthew goes on to say, good soil hears the word and understands it. Um, So he spoke about Jesus' use of parables and how over time he became really kind of more assertive um, 
He also spoke about not comparing ourselves to others uh, by wanting to go over to, to Fruitville, as he put it, uh, to hang out with those that, that have good soil, um, but to consider the soul of your own soul as you are, um, to take responsibility of your own kind of preparation and, and receiving of the gospel. And our teaching this morning continues in that vein of stopping and taking a look at our hearts or really asking God to take a look at our hearts and say, God, where are we? And are we at a place in our hearts and our minds where we are receiving your word and it's taking root in our lives? And so it seems like every week we're bringing up uh, issues of obedience and faithfulness, and we get that, and we're going to talk about it again, but we especially are doing it leading up to the week of prayer and fasting, because During the week of prayer and fasting, there's going to be lots of times. I mean, the whole week is just us coming before the Lord. But we also want to be prepared for that. And so we hope that this morning, as we go through and talk about numbering our days and giving us a heart of wisdom, it will give us another opportunity to stop and allow God to dig through our hearts, um, that we would be really prepared to seek him this week. And typically we have the week of fasting like right after the new year. So the whole like new year, new you doesn't quite ring as fresh, but uh, we've delayed it until this week. So I think more of the students um, could come and join us. And in the past, we've really appreciated this time because it's time to pause and to allow God to examine our hearts, uh, to make sure that his word would be falling on good soil, um, to recognize our short lives are meant to give worship to God. Uh, to know him and to make him known um, in our families, in our work, uh, at our school, in our jobs. Um, to realize like the brevity of our time here on earth actually should draw us closer to him. And so taking time during this week to do exactly that. Um, so join us as we like prepare to listen to him uh, so that we can actually hear him speak. So we're just going to start, as Brandon and I love to do, with a bit of context of the psalms that we just read. So if you notice, this psalm was actually written by Moses, um, which is a a rarity in the psalms. And so let's just stop and think about and recall, remember, the life of Moses. Moses is one of my favorite people in the Bible because of his pursuit of God and God's pursuit of him. Like, pretty incredible that he asked God to see his face. And pretty incredible that God said, I won't show you my face, but I will pass before you. And that relationship between the two of them, that Moses is known as a friend of God. The significance, if you see in the beginning of the psalm, when um, it says, you were my dwelling place. And think of Moses, who's had time both in a palace and living in a tent in the desert. And having both extremes comes to the place of, no, Lord, you are our dwelling place. You are my dwelling place. You are the place of refuge and of rest. And then the significance in verse 11 talks about the fear of God. And remember, this is the same Moses who met with God up on Mount Sinai. And if you can remember this um, story, I'm going through the life of Moses with my girls, so it's a little bit more fresh, but um, God calls him, up to, the Mount, up to Mount Sinai to meet with him, to give him the Ten Commandments. And this isn't like, hey, let's, you know, skip up the hill and hang out together. There's like 
clouds and thunder and smoke, and the people are commanded, don't even touch the mountain while my presence is there because you will die. You can't handle it. I'm such a holy God, you can't handle it. Moses, I'm sure, uh, is walking up the mountain in fear, like literal fear for his life. Who is this God that I'm meeting with? And so when he writes in this psalm, teaches, you know, the fear of God, he has a very um, firsthand experience very of, palpable. That's right, of what the fear of God is and how that relates to us numbering our days before the Lord and walking in wisdom. Moses, of all people, I think could probably understand how fleeting life is. He talks in this psalm about the shortness of life, how, you know, our whole lifespan is but like a snap before God, how, how time, time is different before God. And Moses has seen the shortness of life and has seen how God can shorten or lengthen someone's life. So keep in mind that that same Moses is the one that penned these words. And so as, even as you follow with us today, like keep in mind that these words were written by Moses. Um, we're going to focus specifically on verse 12. Uh, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Uh, this verse falls after Moses' recognition before God that, again, life is short. In fact, when compared to God's uh, infinite nature, uh, our life is, well, it's infinitesimally short, um, a breath. And there's a lot of verses throughout Psalms, Proverbs, and elsewhere that demonstrate that. And this isn't to like belittle us, um, but just to show how amazing he is, right, to establish um, his strength and his power. So if you look at even verses 5 and 6, you sweep men away in the sleep of death that are like the new grass of the morning. Though in the morning it springs up new, by evening it is dry and withered. So what we're thinking and going through about our own life and all of its shortness is really no different than what Moses and other authors were reflecting on. If life is short, we should number our days. But in reflecting on numbering our days, Emily and I were initially felt like, well, our generation doesn't seem to have too much of an issue with this like if you're anything like me you probably have like a life plan you know you've set a goal you've worked backwards and you're in the process of taking that next step to get there Um, you place a strong emphasis on what's to be expected at a certain age you we have these slogans like you only live once Uh, i got my 30 before 30 list we're going to jam pack as much as possible into life because it's so short You know, we even try to extend it. I think if any generation is very health conscious, it's this one. Eating right, exercising. Even if someone asks me, so why do you run or bike? I tend to have just a a quick response. Well, I'm preparing for old age. Um, And hopefully one that extends itself. So there's no doubt that we have full days in order to feel like life is extended. um, To feel like it is well used and to fill it up. But I think the, the, the danger here is that, oh, we feel so overwhelmed now. We filled up our days, and now we're tired, uh, we're burned out, and then we create these mechanisms to help us dial it back. And so we might develop you know, the to-don't lists, or we might have uh, you know, times of solitude, or, or silent retreats, or meditation. 
Um, we succumb to this, like, ain't life crazy, so now try this fixes. And we realize, like, or like, for example, there's, you could get an app on your phone that helps you be more productive. And then you recognize, well, gosh, now I need another app that helps me dial it back. <laughs> and then you ever think that maybe it's the device that's stirring up all this madness? Um, it. And it works. Like, it works temporarily. Um, there's no root to it, though. And the problem that came from us really can't be fixed by us. So I'm not saying, like, don't live a, a healthy and ambitious life. Uh, I'm saying that a healthy and ambitious life uh, does not lead to or mean a wise life. Um, this, this quest for health or ambition or productivity, in fact, can just evolve into more pride or into idols themselves. And so we have to recognize that numbering our days does not mean filling them up. Uh, we don't get to claim that we're stewarding what God gave us by doing more and claiming it's for him. Uh, you know, productivity is not necessarily stewardship. And I don't think God gets impressed with our hard work. Um, he wants something else. Yeah, and if, if filling up our time with things, with events, with activities, isn't fulfilling and isn't what God wants, then what does God want? What does it mean to number our days and to live wisely before him if those are things that aren't working? And, you know, how do we live in a way that's not about pleasing ourselves? But I love even at the end of this psalm, it says, establish our work. Like, please make something of my life meaningful. Make something of what I'm doing um, carry on. And the truth is that, you know, we're all, we're all going to die. <laughs> we are in a process of dying. <laughs> and I'm not trying to sound morbid. That's just how it is. We have no idea how long our lives will be and, or, or how short. Um, and, and so, so yeah, we, we want to number our days in a way that's honoring to the Lord. Lord, what do you have? And as Brandon says, we think this isn't something that we can do ourselves, but something that um, God puts in us. I think one of the first things that Moses did in this psalm is to recognize who God is, his holiness and his perfectness. And so when we first come and think about numbering our days, we think, who is God? God is holy and he's perfect. And and the more that we can understand and really that he gives us an understanding of who he is and his character, the more we realize the depravity of our sin and who we are in relation to him that we are really nothing without him mm-hmm. and that we are we are dependent on him for everything and that's when we come to him as our dwelling place he is our dwelling place he is that only place to find value or the question of the of the day today and worship what is it you know where do we find rest and value in the lord he is our dwelling place this character that he is to be feared and we run to him for our safety and you know, it it really isn't about us or something that we can do ourselves. And so even coming up to this week of fasting, we're asking ourselves, Lord, teach us. It's an imperative in verse 12. Mm-hmm. Teach us to number our days that we can give you a heart of wisdom. So we're coming and saying, Lord, you know, no amount of vision casting or planning. I am not as much of a planner as Brandon, but by marriage, after a couple of years, have learned or gone along um, and found it helpful. 
but before we even do that, we want to say, Lord, what is, you know, what is this year of my life look like for you? <laughs> you know, what, what is this? This is not about us. It is about living our lives before him in a way that pleases him. And the only way we'll know that is if we come to him. And then if we sit with him and listen. And then I love Esther's testimony this morning. And then we act. And while this prayer is really good and right, it may not lead us where we hope that we would be. I mean, I don't think that Moses' idea of leading people to freedom was 40 years in the desert. Actually, more than 40. But um, I don't think that's what he had in mind. It wouldn't be what I had in mind. And I think that when we come to the Lord, he leads us in ways that we didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that it's not um, fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, but it may not be fulfilling in the way that we were hoping or wanting um, but that's when we align our thinking with God's thinking, that we're not trying to project what's going on in his mind and try to line it with what we're thinking, but we do the opposite. We take the word of God and we line our lives up with the word of God and not the other way around. I have a, um, a mentor in college who I really respect and looked up to, and she, her husband was in the Coast Guard and used to take long deployments And when he was gone, people that she knew, other Christians, would say, Oh, Betsy, I've been praying for you. And do you know, it's okay. God's going to bring Hank back safely. He's going to bring Hank back home to you. And Betsy, I love Betsy. She would say, Well, thank you. But actually, God never promised me that he would bring Hank home safely. He promised me that he would take care of me, that he would love me, that he would be with me. But he never said... My husband will be home safely. And I love that because she was very grounded in the promises of God and in who he was. And she's not putting words into God's mouth, but really taking him for what he did say and promise. Um, and actually, as a twist, um, Betsy ended up dying before Hank um, in her early 60s, pretty young, from cancer. Um, really sad. Uh but everyone who was around her and who was near said that the last couple months of her life were lived in a lot of joy. And she had this confidence that the Lord knew what he was doing. And if that meant death for her, then that is what he wanted. And um, I get emotional, but I, I want to live my life in a way that that's my end. Um, and there's another story of another woman I know, and her and her dying was beautiful. And I want I want that way. And so just as Brandon's talking about running, so that we can be in shape when we die. Like, what is that spiritually for me? Because you don't like I can start now, and and being with the Lord and being His friend, so that when I am at that place, I'm ready. Um, and it's not something that we do ourselves again, but something that the Lord prepares us for. And we want that. And again, I'm not trying to be morbid, but it's just the truth, right? We're all going to be there one day. Um, so we really want to take this time as, uh, thinking of my friend Betsy and thinking of her life, like we just want to come before the Lord and say, Lord, you be our dwelling place and, and teach us to number our days in a way uh, that's pleasing to you. Yeah, given this kind of biblical concept of how long our life really is and this biblical concept of God's definition of wasted time, like you don't get to decide what's productive or what's wasted, 
um, because you don't know where he's really leading you at times. I mean, the result of this is that, well, I mean, we still have to wake up and make decisions and operate, um, but how do we do that? I think the result, as we see in verse 12, is so that we can gain this heart of wisdom. Um, And I think that's what Moses is prayerfully clinging to and that I hope that we can cling to as well, that we'll have a heart of wisdom. And I love that it says heart of wisdom instead of focusing on the head where we kind of tend to think wisdom resides. Um, the heart here in Hebrew is more like the inner self or the, the soul. So thank you to Jason for helping me out there. <laughs> I like that the heart conjures up images of being passionate about wisdom, being tender towards wisdom, that gaining wisdom is not about being right or having um, intellect, but being close to God, uh, that wisdom is not a one-off attainment, um, but a continued striving, having that heart. Um, the Bible says a lot about wisdom, and again, I feel like Emily and I had such a, a grand time talking about all the ways that we could unpack this, but as you know, so that we don't take this to a, a full-on another sermon, um, we'll just give you a few highlights um, that we really loved. So in Psalm 111, as in Job, as in several Proverbs, as in other parts of the Bible, it says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. I think that's really appropriate, or that definition is particularly appropriate for this Psalm 90 passage, because we only need to lurk at verse 11, the one right before it, um, to see that connection. In James 3, we see the relationship between wisdom and humility. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. So if you think about it, wisdom is in itself, uh, or the desire for wisdom is in itself an act of humility before God, recognizing uh, we need him, we need his help to see how fleeting life is so that we have a heart of wisdom. I think like once you have that heart, the humble posture should stay. Um, Ephesians 5 uh, extorts us to be careful how we live, not as unwise, but as wise. Uh, Now that we are children of light, we need to find out what pleases the Lord. I love that, what pleases the Lord. Um, My day has so many options and like how it can unfold. (laughs) So many temptations, uh, so many unwise things, like so many things to do uh, that really please me. And so how much more is a heart of wisdom uh, to orient my heart to, to God and what pleases him? In Proverbs 3, uh, similar to verse 12, we see that wisdom is to be gained. Um, blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. Um, but let's be clear, uh, just having an understanding um, is not sufficient. It's actually acting on that understanding. So it's one thing to know what to do. I should pray more. I should pray and fast this week. <laughs> and actually do it. And actually show up and be present. Um, and prepare your heart to actually bring those things to the Lord. Um, there's an action there, uh, just as even Esther shared. So there are so many choices and decisions in life, like however big or small, and it's really hard to know what to do. Um, So we've been approached with questions like, you know, should I stay in Baltimore? (laughs) Should I stay in my job? 
And we may provide some advice, which is typically in the form of like more questions, just to kind of help you unpack the problem a little bit. Um, you know how much free advice is worth, right? <laughs> um, but like, while that's good and that's absolutely like essential as a faith walk, it's it's not complete. And I think you really we're encouraging you to draw close to the Lord and to orient your heart, your soul, uh, to His heart of wisdom. Um, so that is a daily routine, right, of, of checking on these decisions that we have to make. And I think with that, like, you get to sit in the joy and confidence that although days are ticking by, they're pleasing to the Lord. And I think that's what I want. Is like we don't want to go through life with any kind of regret. You know, we don't get to define what's wasted time. Uh, we just want to sit in that joy and confidence of knowing that he's taking care of us and that we're making decisions in line with what pleases him. So, you know, we could go through and list a bunch of things that are wise, but you can do that because it's in the Bible and you can do your own study of, you know, read through Proverbs, read through um, how to be wise with other people um, in the New Testament and Ephesians, some of these references that we put out, do your own study and read through, but don't you want a heart of wisdom? (laughs) Like Brandon was just saying, don't you want that? Um, I do. Uh, and I want that kind of wisdom that allows there to be a purpose, a lasting purpose in my life. And as we express, you know, we want our hearts to be oriented to the Lord, not just to do it. I mean, the whole reason why we're sitting here in church, the whole reason why we're doing the church thing, doing the fasting thing, is we want to see God. Uh We want to see the Holy Spirit move, and we want to have a hunger for that. Because that's what it—that's what it is. That's what it's about. Um, and you know, even just teaching up here and preparing, just thinking, Lord, don't make this be um, in vain. That you know, bring purpose to us teaching and bring purpose to what we're doing um, by bringing your Holy Spirit. As we said, Brandon and I are personally really excited about the week of prayer and fasting. We did it probably for the first time last year. Um, and just really, really appreciated the time with our church family, the time under Ellis's teaching, and the time just to sit. And we even we brought our children, and as much of a distraction as they can be, it was also really lovely to have them with us and to to have them see what it's like to praise the Lord and to seek Him. They just need to be around it, you know. Um, but Brandon and I have also had really personal amazing experiences of knowing God through fasting. And it started for me when I was in high school. I have really experienced God break sin in my life through fasting. I've experienced um, him bring a vision. Fifteen years ago, I did a fast and felt like the Lord gave me this kind of vision for my life. And I wrote it down and put it away and just thought of it a couple years ago. And I'm living what that kind of vision that he gave me was 15 years ago. And I asked I asked him, and he honored that um, because he loves us. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even things like various points in our marriage, we fasted together when we have big decisions that we're trying to make. And fasting isn't magic. It's not that um, God needs us to fast in order to respond, but just like wisdom, it's a posture of humility before him. And it removes some of the distractions and gives us space to say, Lord, you are what I want. Uh, you are my goal. You are my dwelling place. And we all have things that we are going through that we want the Lord to speak into. 
So we want to spend this time. So just a few things about fasting. If you've never fasted or you are new to and feel a little bit intimidated, you know, fasting is an interaction between us and God. It's a place where we can come before him um, and offer ourselves up to him. Mm-hmm. And Jesus expected us to fast. In, in Matthew 6, it says, when you fast rather than if you fast, there are Lots of places in the Bible where you can read about different people who fasted and how God answered them or why they decided to fast, what their purpose was. So you could spend a really long time doing that, but you don't have to. Um, but it is something that I, Jesus expected. And especially when we, not just when you fast food, but when you fast other things, it creates a hole. And that hole then makes us say, all right, Lord, like, I hunger for you. I want you. Teach me. Remove that thing and teach me to hunger for you. Some other things, and you can just write these down. Isaiah 58 would be a good chapter to go through. You probably have read it, but it's good to refresh. And if you want to also get really excited, read some of the other fasts in the Bible. One of them is in Joel chapter 2. And if you want to get excited about fasting and what the Holy Spirit Wants to do through fasting, read some of these old prophets, some of these Old Testament things. And when God said, humble yourself, fast before me, and then he comes and does really amazing, powerful things, then, you know, that's what we want. <laughs> that's what we want in our lives. That's what we want for Baltimore. Um, and so we, we, we need, <laughs> we want to have this corporate response. Sorry, I'm, I'm going too fast because I get excited about it, or I'm going too long, I should say. Um, and when it when you fast, it's good to have a reason. That's why we're spending so much time preparing. Like, let's you know, come with some questions for God. Come with some, um, yeah, prepare. Uh, and I just want to reiterate. I know Ella said it's not just about food. And as a nursing mom, I can't go hungry really. Um, but Brandon and I both did go without social media last year, and it was really interesting. The kind of thoughts and the kind of uh, ways that I found myself spending time when I wanted to resort to Facebook or something and didn't. Um, so I would encourage you guys to do that as well. And also just encourage you, this is an awesome time to do it corporately. It's hard to fast. It's hard to be steadfast in fasting. Um, but when we do it together, it's a little easier because we have accountability and someone's doing it with us. And then we're meeting and we're praying together and it is really encouraging to come and meet together at the church and see, oh, everyone else looks like hunger (laughs) and is like drinking their bottles of water and, you know, whatever else. But we want to do it together and I think that there's power in that as well. Okay, I'll stop there. (laughs) No, it's good. I mean, we are. We're desperate for a move of the Holy Spirit and I think to really um, allow that for... Allow space for that and time for that. It's not just going to happen. Again, I think it's something that we have to act on, um, and this is that time to do it. Mm-hmm. And we are passionate about fasting. I can even remember when we first moved to Baltimore, we were looking for a church. We visited one that actually kind of made light of it. Like, eh, it's optional. Do it if you want. But needless to say, we didn't go back. <laughs> um, and perhaps, you know, that was addressed or whatnot. But it was, no, it's serious business. It's something Jesus took very seriously, and I think we want to as well. Um, it is a practice, and so I think if this is your first time, or if this is not your first just come, practice, be with us. There's no really wrong way to do it um, in terms of what you give up, uh, and so you know, please come. So 
in preparation for that, and even like I'm looking around the room, and we have these journals. We have um, I think what they're called fast packets or uh, information, of which some of this we actually pulled from. And so again, if you want more information, there's packets on um, these tables. Um, but again, in, in terms of preparation, we, we really wanted to just kind of open up some questions. And I think these questions, we're going to like ask a question and then have kind of a Selah moment, a really kind of pause and reflection moment after each one. So if you have a journal, like grab it, um, you know, listen to our questions or conjure up some of your own as you're sitting there thinking and meditating on the word um, and on what you think the Lord is telling you. Um, so I'll give you a moment to grab a journal if you want. Also, we just we want to make space. I know that um, we're not maybe in the habit of having like an altar, um, and this is a funny-looking altar, but there's something about being able to come with a physical posture of bowing down before the Lord. And so if as these questions are coming, if you're drawn to that, we just want to say treat this as an altar. Um, kneel before your chair or feel free to Make come up. pads up here. Um, and and if you feel led to be in, in a posture before the Lord, um, feel free. All right, so again, if you want to close your eyes, if you want to kneel, um, feel free to. If you want to just write, um, it's up to you. Um, but Lord, we offer these questions up as a prayer. Um, so our first one here, uh, do you need the Lord to teach you to number your days? Do you feel like time is slipping away or that a large part of your short life has been wasted? Did did you expect to be at a certain place in life? Um, Did you expect to be married by now? Graduated? In a different city? In a different job? Do you need to talk to God about a certain trial that you're in now? Do you have an indifference problem? Uh, Do you feel lukewarm and frankly aren't sure what to pray about or whether or not it really matters or works? Do you need to rest? Not leisure, but a deep spiritual, all is well with my soul kind of rest. Do you need to confess sin? Do you need to experience the love of his forgiveness? Do you need to intercede? Is there a mother, father, brother, sister, neighbor, someone in your life that's breaking your heart, breaking God's heart?
Do you need to set aside some time to thank God? Do you need a fresh vision or a word from God to know where to continue the work that he's given you? There are places in your life where you have understanding, but your actions are not lining up with your understanding. So, <laughs> um, where, what places in your life do you especially need God's wisdom? And much like Psalm 90, like there is a solemnity to this. This is a Psalm 90 is a melancholy prayer um, to have compassion on his servants, who really painfully experience his wrath because of their sin, and as a result experience a short life. Um, but whoever put the psalm together put Psalm 90 and 91 together. It's a couplet, and Psalm 91 is a testimony of those who trust in God. And so while there's a period of solemnity or a period of being melancholy, we actually want to lift up the words of Psalm 91 as well, that whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Mm-hmm. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. Mm-hmm. So this... Whatever you're going through is not the last. Um, And we really hope and expect that after fasting, um, with expectation that um, God will emerge victorious in your life. That's right. So um, as a a closing, you know, we all have these situations and um, thoughts in our lives that we want God to speak into. We want to see the Holy Spirit move. And so if you, if you want any prayer um, after the service or even just want to continue in a spirit of prayer up here, please feel free to do so um, in preparation. Um, and please join us on Tuesday um, so that we can do this together. And especially if you're a covenant family, um, join us. This is, this is family. <laughs> this is family business. Um, come even if you aren't, but especially if you are.